Thank you for downloading this episode of the Football Purist Podcast. For more episodes, go to www.footballpurist.com and you can also find us at iTunes. We are back with another episode of the Talk On podcast to catch up with what's been going on in Liverpool for the past couple of weeks. Get everyone's take on the Van Dyke chaos, the Salah deal, uh, the potential Keita deal, some other players that we think might want to be loaned or sold, uh, and kind of just go over everything else that's been going on. So, a lot of good returnees. Um, start off with we got Ali, the, the face of football purists, uh, and Lucas Leva, like injured person, Ali. How are you? Hurting. Yeah, yeah, that's no good. He's you're out for what nine to twelve now. Nine to twelve months, no oh, podcast. Brutal, brutal. No, yeah, nine to twelve, no podcast. Vocal cords will be injured. Well, what's different than any other year? <laughs> there he is, Painter. So we got Ali and Sam Fran, Painter over there in New York. Painter, what's going on? What's up, guys? Good to be back after uh, the long off season and uh, get ready to get back into it and start of uh, training camp is right around the corner. Love it. And then we got uh, we got Hallett over there in Orange County. Hallett, what's going on? Woohoo! Newport Beach, Fourth of July. Here we go. Oh yeah, it's a and, it's and it's honestly the worst place for Fourth of July. <laughs> yeah, just you know, throwing that out there. A lot of people it's, face it doesn't get any better. Yeah. And we get to talk Liverpool, and I've been jonesing. So thank God. Yo, we also got uh, Jimmy Torrejon over there in Orange County. What's going on, Jimmy? I'm going to Jeff's house for the 4th of July, so screw all of you guys, <laughs> Allie. It's going to be great. You just watch. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then uh, Mark. Mark is also over there in Orange County. Mark, what's going on, man? Cool. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate it, dude. Uh, glad to have Mark on today, too, because he is an avid Bundesliga watcher. Um, and so he's, he's, he's definitely seen a lot of Keita. And he's, he's just a lot of maybe any other prospects in, in the Bundesliga right now that we might be looking at or should be looking at. He'd be able to help us out with, with, with that as well. So uh, before we get into the everything, guys, intro question. I feel like 60 to 70 to 80 mil has been a lot of what uh, transfers have been going for, especially ones that Liverpool have been linked up with. You know, Van Dijk could get to 70 mil. Keita is around 70 mil. The Albamiang transfer was what 65, 70 mil, um, or the the rumor, obviously. So you get 70 mil right now, and you can take either Van Dyke, Keita, Albamiang, or Donnarumma. Donnarumma might be a little less in real life, but just assuming he's going to be around that 60, 70 million. Which one would you take? So it's it's a player in each kind of part of the pitch that that we all need help with. So. Ali, let's go straight to you, man. You get one of those players in 70 mil. Who are you spending it on? VVD, no questions. VVD, all right. Painter, what do you got? Uh, that's easy. Aubameyang. Goals win games. Hallett. No doubt. <laughs> Hallett, what do you got? Oh, I would shoot Lovren for free because that'd be fun. And then let's pick up Aubameyang. Why not? Aubameyang, okay. All right. Uh, Jimmy, what do you got, man? Van Dyke. Van Dyke. And Mark? Mine would be uh, Keita. I think he's a star on the rise. There we go. There we go. Nobody (laughs) chose a goalie, but uh, I would have to choose Van Dyke just because of our needs. But it's interesting to hear some of you guys going with uh, 
different different players for different reasons. But one player that we did wrap up, which was huge for us, was Mohamed Salah. He was tearing it up in the Italian league uh, for the last two years with Roma. He's got a lot of experience. You know, he's still really young. I think what twenty five years old, and he's played in the Champions League before. He had a little stint in the Premier League, although not the greatest. He was really young back then. I think he was 21 years old. So definitely not the player who he is now, um, you know, what he was then. So, Jimmy, kind of how do you feel about the Salah deal? Is he a player that you, you're you glad that we picked up and, and for the price that we paid? Super excited for Salah. Um, I always buy him on FIFA. No, he from from the YouTube videos, he looks as though he's very pacey. Obviously, that's something that's got me excited. Um, I think that him in the front three alongside Mane and Firmino, I, I, even though Firmino's not the pacest of players, I just like him to be. I would like him to be central with Mane and Salah on the sides, and then just drop back Coutinho. I think he's going to do well. Um, the price we paid, I have absolutely no problem with it. I don't know if we smashed the record that we originally had with Carroll. If they just barely did it, it doesn't matter. It's the market these days so i mean you paid what you needed to pay for i was very annoyed that it took it seemed to have dragged out and this is probably a theme that will come up many times with me i'm very annoyed at fsg but he got over the line let's let's go get some other players but i'm excited for the front three now shots fired yeah there we go jeff let's go ahead and get over to you then um you know something that jimmy did point out is he does bring a lot of pace to the side um which is something that's very clear just by again just by watching what little you can of him, or even if you just watch him all the time, it's it's one of the main attributes that he has. And you know, it, it showed when Mane was out injured that we that was definitely a part of our game that we missed. So, is that something that you're you're really excited about now that we have somebody else in our in our could potential starting eleven that that brings that pace? Yeah, the pace is super important. Obviously, Klopp's offense, the way he wants it run, and the way we produce goals with movement, especially with stingy defenses such as what we're we're going to see this coming season and every season from then on you got to look at his time at Roma because debut with Chelsea he made the bench randomly in Champions League with Chelsea up 6-0 he was really using his pace and feeding other people when he was with Chelsea in the Premier League and young to your point Joey 21 Roma, he really came into his own. He was loaned to Roma for a year. Then last year, with the performance, he turned in 17 goals or 16, somewhere in that range. I mean, he used his body. It was all about like off-the-ball movement, clinical finishing with his left. His left is a beautiful foot, my God. So, it, yeah, it's pace, absolutely. But his ability, I think, at this point to hold the ball and to look after second balls – Second and third balls, he's going to be phenomenal for Liverpool and the needed depth that we're going to need with European football. Yeah, Painter, what's exciting is that, you know, this is a player that, you know, we were linked with before that a lot of people know of, and that's proven himself. You know, Basel played in the Champions League. You know, he has a lot of experience, and that's something that I think our squad needs is, is someone who can come in and is, you know, a little bit more calm and cool and collected in those big games and has played in those big types of games now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better transfer uh, start than getting Mohamed Salah a position of need. Uh, we saw what happened when Mane went to the African Cup of Nations and how our potency and attack fell completely off the cliff. And he brings that level of pace that uh, that rivals Mane's. Um, 
you know, I, I think it, what's interesting, though, is he predominantly plays down the right-hand side where Mane plays. It'll be interesting to see how Klopp lines up with those two in attack, um, who takes the left if he switches um, to a to a three um, behind the one. So there, there's a lot of questions that I, I'd like to get answered uh, today. Uh, obviously, we won't find out until uh, until we kick off uh, the games here coming up uh, through the month of July and then into the season in August. But uh, it's really interesting considering he's a natural left-footed player. Uh, I'd like to see if he switches to the left, does Monty switch to the left? Um, but it's an exciting signing all the way around. Uh, a proven player uh, who scored 19 goals and had 15 assists uh, for uh, for Roma last year. Uh, finished second in the league, four points off of Juventus, who went to the final, uh, the Champions League. So it's an exciting sighting all the way around, and it's a great start to the summer. Yeah, and Ali, you know, one thing that Brian just mentioned is he doesn't know where we're going to be playing him. And something that's exciting that you and I know, I know that we're both looking at is that Firmino has to play centrally. He's just shown that that's where he's most effective, whether it's in a 10, a false 9, a striker, whatever. He's got to be central. And the ability to have... You know, Salah on one side and Mane on the other running off of him with Coutinho behind him also pulling the strings. It's something that's really exciting to see or that, you know, something that's going to be exciting hopefully to see. Um, and, you know, Firmino is that guy. He can play as a target man if you want him to. His hold-up play is great. So just adding that type of player who's going to be able to to run off him and have Firmino and Coutinho's vision. I mean, you know that Coutinho does, you know, he's at his best when he has players uh, running in behind the defense. So what do you think Salah brings to the team? Because he, he scores more than anyone we had already. You know, he he puts the ball in the back of the net a lot. I mean, he brings a lot to this team. Yeah, so exactly what Monday was for us when he went to African Cup of Nations. That happened to Roma as well. So there's a stat going around. He, per average per game, Salah is around 51 meters of distance covered for attacking, counterattacking, uh, dribbling. And Mane for us was half that, 26 meters. So think about <laughs> how much Mane did for us. Double that, and that's what um, Salah did on the counterattack counter side for Roma. So that's what he's going to bring to us. Yeah, it's, and that's just how we play too, Mark. Like, you know Klopp's team. You know how, you know, from watching Dortmund, obviously, a lot, that he's, you know, his gag and pressing, he's... Get, up, get the ball quickly, get on the counter, and that's exactly what Salah is going to bring. And so, you know, I know you watch a little bit of Liverpool as well, and just being able to see Liverpool adding someone of this caliber to the attack, you know, it's it's very exciting for them. Yeah, uh, I agree. When uh, I saw Salah signing, um, it reminded me of um, Marco Rose at uh, Dortmund. You, uh, you now have a player who's brings uh, speed and production on uh, the wing. I mean, 19 goals and... 15 assists, that's that's major production from a winger. So uh, countering that on the side of Mane, that's, you guys are, that's a really fancy top four. Yeah, it's it's excellent. And and I think it's going to bring the best out of Coutinho as well. Just like I said, um, we're all, when, you know, Sturridge had a step more pace, we all see, we all saw what uh, Coutinho did with him in front of him. So now hopefully, you know, now that he's got these two guys running ahead, it's going to be even better. But, you know, just like Ali, you said, the AFCON, I mean, we're going to be losing both Mane and Salah now. And, and bringing to my, to my next point is 
Nabi Keita, that's that's the next big name that we're linked with that apparently, reportedly, we've agreed personal terms with. So, Jimmy, I know you're not going to be too happy about essentially just topping <laughs> up a player again right away. But, um, I mean, it's it's going to be a lot of money, obviously, in this, this smash the transfer transfer record and uh, for, for Liverpool. But it's clear that Klopp has these players in mind that he wants to go get. And, you know, it's, I'd rather get the player that Klopp wants for a, a lot of money while he might be overpriced. I'd rather get him than say two alternatives that, that, that might not be the guy that he wants. Um, so Jimmy, first of all, I mean, how does, basically we go in and we just essentially agree personal terms, what's reported right now. So Basically, just doing the same thing we did for Van Dyke that we'll get into in a little bit. But this link, how do you feel about being linked with Keda and how we've gone about it so far, Jimmy? Don't know much about him, I'll be honest. What I do know is that Klopp really wanted him last summer, didn't buy him, and then is kind of pulling his hair out at the moment uh, from, you know, most likely from the transplant he had about the fact that he didn't buy him last summer. So. It, the price really doesn't matter to me at the moment, I, and I guess it's mostly because I'm mad that FSG had to apologize for the tactics that they used when they were trying to lure Van Dyke earlier in the summer. So right now I'm in the mind of FSG, you have to pay whatever it is that you need to do. I understand that uh, his contract, if he were to stay next summer, his release clause would, um, I think I think it was 38 or 48 I think it was 50, million. Yeah, 48, something yeah, like that. Okay. Yeah, okay. So, but, you know, if, if he were to stay again somehow, um, you know that they would offer him a new contract. You know that they would up his transfer release clause. So either way, just buy him now, whether it's $70 million, and um, get, him, get him through the door, get him leaning on, and, you know, in Melwood, and um, let's see if Klopp really wants him that bad. I, I'm completely fine with trusting what Klopp, Klopp feels like he needs in the midfield, so I, I have no problem with it. I just don't want to see this drag out again. And then have the possibility of FSG saying, oh, we're going to back out because we fucked up again. So, I mean, that's the only thing I want to see. If they have to pay $80 million for him, fine. And, you know, my friend actually brought that up to me. He's like, he's going to have to live up to that price tag. And I didn't even think about that. I didn't think about the fact that this player would have to live up to a $70 million, maybe even more price tag in the midfield. I just thought, hey, it's FSG getting a player through the door that Klopp really wants. I'm, I'm okay with that. But... You know, the fact that he brought that up does make me think there might be some supporters out there who be like, well, if he's worth 70 million plus and he doesn't live up to it, you know, they might turn on the player, which I hope they don't. Like, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, it, like, that's going to end up happening at some point, I'm sure. Well, yeah, once he rares red, you just hope all fans, you know, get behind the player. Good point with FSG. It's it's tough right now. You know, it's it seems like we all want just, you know, get the deal over the line, get it done with. But there's a lot more that go on. You know, behind closed doors and negotiations, and the fact that you know Leipzig Mark player right now. So, yes, all Liverpool fans want him. Yes, all Liverpool fans just say you know throw the money at him to go get him because it's who Klopp wants, and that's what we do want. But in reality, it's it's way way more complicated than that. And you know, can you first give us a little bit of background on on the player himself, um, what you've seen from him? Because I know you watch a lot of him. What kind of qualities he has, and then as well as you know what's going on with Leipzig right now. You know they are a team that's wanting to make a name for themselves. That just got in the Champions League. They don't want to sell their best players. So, uh, just give us a little background on the whole situation with Nabi Keita right now. 
So watching uh, the Bundesliga this past season, Naby was probably my second favorite player to watch the whole season um, behind uh, Thiago. Uh, what he did for Leipzig and um, the midfield is just incredible. Um, the he transitions so well. He breaks transitions so well from defense to offense and breaks so many lines that he's an incredibly important player to have on your team. Um, he ran the engine for Leipzig, and the way they came out from just being newly promoted was like pretty incredible. Um, he, the way he tur- is able to tur- receive the ball, turn, and not beat one player but two or three to move up to the final third is just incredible to watch. It's my favorite thing. I mean, he's he's playing in the center of the field, deep in the center of the field. And he's running at the attack like a uh, winger does on the side with a little bit more space. Um, he's nimble. He's quick. He can break um, on a turn. He can receive the ball and uh, pass, give and go. He breaks lines through so many different ways. I mean, it's incredible to watch. Um, he, I didn't think he, uh, Red Bull were going to be able to or were willing to sell. But the thing about them is they might now... Being in the Champions League, they might find themselves in uh, trouble with uh, fair play. The uh, gross amount of money that they've been spending um, to get to where they are uh, might catch up. So they have to balance the sheets. And uh, receiving a uh, $70, 80000000 million offer for Keita might be willing for the, or they might be willing to cut pass or uh, ties with him and let him go. I mean, that's a good amount of money. Yeah. I mean, Mark, is he worth $70 million? Because Obviously, he, right now, no. I mean, the, the, the thing is, the transfer market is just so broken right now that it's it's hard to... Is he worth it? No, not right now. Was Pogba worth it? No, but I would probably rather spend this, lo, uh, this much money on Keita than that gross amount of money on Pogba. I mean, uh, I mean the thing is... Is he? Will he live up to the seventy million his first year? No, he's twenty-two, and what he's done so far shows that he can progress into something that I think fans would be happy uh, by the time he's up for his new contract with how much they spent. Right, it's a it's a very FSG like player too, a a, very, a young up and coming midfielder who you can get a huge resale value on as well. So, um, yeah, I mean. The other thing to think about is he's transitioned really uh, fast from um, playing second division in France to uh, the um, Austrian uh, Bundesliga for two seasons and then jumping into the uh, German Bundesliga and catapulting his team to uh, second. I mean, it's he's trans- he's moved different leagues, different teams, different styles, and he's continued to transition. That's a, he's 22, he shows really good signs. I mean, a lot of fans are going to, in England who haven't seen him are going to look at his stats, um, eight goals, eight assists, that's $70 million, why? Um, but when you see him play, you understand. He's he's operating from a deeper end. Um, there's a lot of uh, comparisons to Conte, and he covers ground on deep like Conte, but he's not a Conte player. He's kind of more of like an old Deca um He's a true to box to box, isn't he? Like he, yeah. He, um, I think. I mean, he operates better um, 
uh, with a uh, like a defensive player with him. Uh, Leipzig play in a four four two. Uh, two deep center mids and two uh, attacking uh, wingers, and he's he's there with a uh, defensive midfielder, and his uh, his thing is to transition the team from defense to uh, offense. Now, Leipzig uh, is different from most Bundesliga teams who like to press high. They press a bit deeper in a mid block, but um, he when he was at Salzburg he uh, operated in a uh, more of a uh, possession base Leisberg he was in a uh, counter i think he i mean it's incredible to see him like transition and able to do all of it 22 70 million yeah it's rough but like i think he can live up to it because he keeps showing signs of progress the one thing the one i wouldn't say a concern that i have but something that i'd been reading about was he is it true that he has to play kind of in that box to box midfielder role because I, I heard I think when um, he was at Salzburg didn't they try and play him on the right hand side a little bit and on the left and he just wasn't as I guess influential or you know well, he wasn't no, as impactful. First, I, I didn't watch it, but from um, him in his first season at Salzburg, his second season I did, um, but uh, he from what I've read he was more of a defensive midfielder. And um, he's played a lot better once he has that freedom to go up. I mean, to buy him and then use him as a defensive midfielder, you're not going to get the best out of him. I tweeted, like, the other day, jokingly, he's a peacock. you got to let him fly. I mean, you. his best attribute is moving the ball up to the final third. you got to let him go. Yes, yeah, so Mark, all, Mark, Mark, I think that's a first. We, we referenced peacock on, uh, on the Talk On podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, so Painter, just like Mark's saying, you, you got to let him fly. Do you think him sitting next to Emre Chan is a, a good way for him to do that? Him and Coutinho sitting ahead of Emre, you know, and I know Mark knows, and we'll go back to you, Mark, about Emre in a little bit because I know you watched him when um, when he was in the Bundesliga. But, you know, is Painter, do you see Keita fitting in that kind of role really well? Because I know that. You're a big Lalana fan. This, you know, if you were to get Keita and Genie fan, you know, listen, it's it's great to have squad depth, but one of those players is not going to be getting that starting position because if if we buy him, obviously for this type of money, it, it's Klopp's guy. He's going to be starting. Yeah, he's certainly going to be starting. But I think I think if you look at our squad last year, right, um, we we had to put Lucas in the midfield at times last year, right, to um, to kind of make way uh, for. You know some of the injuries we've had. Listen, if you buy Keita and, you, and that forces Genie to the bench or that forces Alana to the bench or whatever, we've been crying out for <clears throat> depth. And when we have Champions League football next year or European football in general, you know you're going to add anywhere from ten to fifteen games um, to the to the season, depending on how we do. You're going to need depth and putting Keita into the starting lineup improves the first 11 but it also improves the squad uh full stop i mean you're gonna put one of arguably the players of the season last year in you know genie and lalana to the bench uh same thing with sala right you bring sala in you're gonna push Coutinho back which is gonna push somebody else to the bench so I mean, right away, these two signings are exactly what Liverpool should be doing is strengthening the, the starting 11. But also when you strengthen the starting 11, it also strengthens, strengthens the squad. I think 
Ideally, you'd like to see Jean, who played for Germany in the Confederations Cup in the in the six role, um, sitting there in front of the back uh, back four, and he did it really, really well. Uh, so I think he's going to have that position nailed on. It's going to be a fight for Jordan Henderson to get back into the starting lineup, and then you know it'll it'll be on for who starts next to Jean, which is most likely going to be Keita if he joins. But then that gives you options as well with uh, rotation of Coutinho, Lalana, Genie, um, giving people rest. Because um, I mean, keep keep in mind too, you're gonna. You know, we we play a Champions League game on a Wednesday. We got to come back and play at Stoke on on the weekend. You know, that's a perfect time to say, okay, Jeannie, you have Stoke on the weekend. Uh, Keita, you've got the, the Champions League game midweek. So, again, I think it's I think it's a good problem to have. Um, I think we get too hung up with the starting eleven um, when we think about you know the fact that we're going to have to rotate if we want to be successful next season and take down uh, trophies. So I'm, I think it's great problems I have, and I, I look forward to having that problem with Keita next season. Yeah, and Ali, something that I'm looking forward to is just the amount of ground that he covers. Like if we get him, you know, Emre, I think, was per 90 one of the top in the league. I know Lalana's up there, Firmino's up there, but the one thing that, and, and I know people will compare him to Conte in those terms of, you know, he just covers that much ground, and that would be nice to sort of have him being able to cover Emre if Emre were to go up or Henderson or whoever's in that role. But also, Mark's talking about how much more progressive he is. Like, he, he's going to do so much for him. What's, what are kind of the few things that you're excited that he could potentially bring to this team? I think he's just super fast. I was watching – I watched just a couple of games that he played in. Uh, I recorded some games and watched, went back and watched them. And I looked at some of his stats. Um, I think he had 83 take-ons completed, and that's – that's a shitload for a center midfielder. Um, like Mark said, he would he doesn't like when he turns the ball, he doesn't just beat one person with a pass. Like uh, we're used to watching Can, Chan and uh, Henderson, he's actually taking two players, three players on, and then finding uh, Timo Werner really quickly for a quick goal. So I'm really excited to see how fast we progress with really fast wingbacks. I mean, uh, wingers as well now. So I think just the three trio having Mane having Salah and Keita beating some players and passing it quickly to them, I think it's going to be just incredible to watch. Yeah, the, one of the things that is, is a knock on him, how it is, you know, his height, and he's, he's not great at aerial duels, but that's pretty much it. I mean, it's sounding like he is the real deal, the all-around box-to-box midfielder, wouldn't you say? That's exactly it. And what we struggle with most this past campaign and every year prior to it is breaking down stingy defenses, parking the bus, lower table sides that we struggled against. So he won't be the leadership necessarily. I'm hoping Salah, you bring in, God forbid, uh, Virgil van Dyke, ends up being the center of our defense. We got leadership on the team to manage through some of those more difficult away games especially. But if you got someone that can create and can draw defenders and carve up those, you know, eight, nine behind the ball sort of defensive setups. It's going to be hugely important to Liverpool to maintain if they can continue their record against the top sides and, you know, progress against the lower sides. We could be looking at a title run. Yeah, and he would bring a lot. And again, what we want at this point is we want players who will prove the, the starting 11 because. We know we had a good 12 to 13 players last year, and we know we needed to add squad players as well, but 
that's what Solanke is for. We need we needed players like Salah. We need players like Keita who can slot into this starting eleven and make us title challengers. And another player that we really need in order for that to happen would be Virgil Van Dyke. And it's it's been an interesting ride. Um, unfortunately, Jimmy had to go back to work, and he's not with us because he would have had a lot to say right now. I'm happy to represent his views. But, uh, um, yeah, let's no go right problem. back to you, Jeff. Um, <laughs> l- l- let's go right back to you. Uh, it's it's been uh, it's been pretty chaotic. It's it's clear that he wants to go to Liverpool, but aside from just the players' qualities, kind of how do you feel about how we've conducted our business so far? The apology, etc. I think the apology was tactical. It was ownership looking at, you know, potential tapping in other situations, Southampton with all of the transfer activity, them becoming the JV for our, uh, our first team. They've got problems with their fans. They've got problems with their club. I mean, the ownership is in disarray. They just had to fire a manager. You got a new one in. So what exactly their situation is as a club is tenuous and, Liverpool with, you know, all of the transfer activity and Premier League. I mean, obviously they were sensing risk with transfer ban or, you know, some sort of fine from Premier League. They didn't need to get into that. So they issued the apology. A lot of LFC Nation, including Jimmy, (laughs) love you, Jimmy, wanted to jump out of a window, thought it was a return to the old times. And in fact, it wasn't. It was just tactical. Let's take care of a potential risk. We'll issue a stupid apology on our website. Fine. Done. Fans freaked out. I wasn't one of them. And, you know, lo and behold, he's the probably highest commodity there is in the Premier League this year. Multiple clubs in on the signing of Van Dyke. How that's going to go with the club in shambles, Pellegrino, the new manager who's defensive minded and rumored to want to keep Van Dyke. I mean, I guess who wouldn't coming into the club? But will Southampton be able to say no to $65, 70000000 in transfer fee? I, I don't think they'll be able to. And I've, I'm hoping I have confidence that Liverpool can manage through, especially if the player has emotionally con- committed already to Liverpool. I think that's a big deal vis-a-vis Chelsea, some other, you know, Man City, anybody else that's chasing Van Dyke. And short of that, we can't get, you know, if the bidding war gets too high, if we lose out, if it's going to be, you know, Southampton keeping the player, God forbid, then we need to be thinking about Todd. And of course, we haven't heard anything about alternatives to Van Dyke. Maybe to keep the interest, keep Van Dyke front of mind, um, we're going to quickly have to pivot to someone because Lovren plus Matip is not going to get done next year. If we want to battle for anything, regional trophies as well as title for the year, no way. Yeah, and to highlight a couple of things you said there, you know, first of all, Van Dyke has made it clear that he wants to join Liverpool, and that's just Klopp working some of his magic, which I'm sure we'll get to in a little bit. But um, also that it's a takeover in Painter. You know, there's there's definitely a lot more that's happening behind the scenes, so to speak, with this transfer. I mean, the club is going through a takeover, a new manager. Um, you know, obviously wanting to keep him right now while a takeover is happening because obviously it increases the value of their club, but Pellegrini is going to come in and he's, you know, he might want to take that 60, 65 and spend it on a couple players. Um, you know, they, they just signed a center back as well. Um, a young center back to, to maybe potentially take Van Dyke's spot. So a little bit more about Again, not just the player, but what's been going on really with this whole saga, so to speak. Well, let me first start by saying transfers are hard and they're not easy because not only do you have to get the player 
to commit to the club, but you've also got to get the selling club to want to sell the player um, or at least put an attractive offer in place. There's a lot of moving parts to these things. And if you think about the window we're shopping in, it's one thing to go get, you know, a player like Adam Alana out of Southampton um, where, you know, he was a good player, but, you know, none of us on this pod would say he was world-class, especially not at the, at the, at the time we bought him. Right. So, that's one type of transfer. But when you go to Virgil van Dijk, who arguably is one of the best center halves in the in, in the entirety of Europe, where teams like City and Chelsea and, and, and the like are all in for him, it's a completely different thing to get that type of player into uh, your club and the transfer done. So I think I think we're shopping in a different window. And to be candid, we don't have a ton of experience shopping in this window, if that makes sense. Right. Um, our biggest signing to date was Andy Carroll for 35 million pounds, which, which is, uh, uh, which, which Luckily I Salah like. just broke that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? We just have not shopped in this window before. Right. So we don't right. have a ton of experience going and getting the biggest names, uh, you know, in Europe. I mean, the last handful of times we've tried to do it, with William, with uh, Sanchez, we've fallen on our face. So I think there's a little bit more to it, and I think it's a little bit harder. But should we be absolutely going in for the likes of VVD? Absolutely. I think it gets done. And when, when this is all said and done, I think we end up having Virgil van Dijk as our center half uh, You know, in Liverpool next season. I think it's going to carry on uh, throughout the month of july just because i think southampton are going to try and drive the price up just like i think uh let lipstick or leipzig whatever is going to drive keita's price up uh they know he wants to come to liverpool but then again they're also a club that doesn't need to sell and you know these types of transfers are going to be hard to get done no matter no matter what we do in terms of financial uh incentives and whatnot so um, by and large, I think we get them over the line, but it's different. And, you know, I always say negotiations all about leverage. Uh, when you don't need to sell, uh, you know, you don't have any leverage to, uh, you know, you don't have any leverage to close the deal out at the, at a better price. So again, I think we get them done. Uh, I think it's going to cost us upwards of 60, 65 uh, million for both players. Uh, but again, I think they improve our starting 11 improve the overall squad depth. Uh, I think it puts us on par with the best sides in the Premier League uh, and puts us as, you know, arguably title contenders uh, starting out the season. So I'm I'm bang on for getting those done and getting paying whatever we need to get to uh, pay them to get them over the line. Ali, why do we need Virgil van Dyke? <laughs> Easy. We're bottom half of the defense last season top half on the offense so i was looking at some stats i saw on uh, twitter southampton with and without virgil van dyke so some big ones that i see goal attempts conceded without van dyke the change was at 30 percent. so 30 percent more of a chance of um goal attempts conceded without van dyke uh, another big one goal attempts uh, outside of the box conceded 49 percent. i don't know how much he has to do with that but that's still a big number and something huge that I'm looking at is big chances created, conceded. The change was 60% without Van Dyke. 
So yeah, how big was he for uh, Southampton? That's how big he was. Yeah, and he was just becoming oh. their captain this previous year. It's, I mean, Ali, getting a player... I mean, listen, yeah, the stats show that Lovren and Matip, they had a good record when they were paired together, but I think it's pretty clear when the likes of, you know, Chelsea City are in for this player, like Brian was saying, it's it's a different, it's a whole different level of player, a whole different shelf that we're, we're getting into here. And he's clearly that, that good of a player and will bring a lot to us. He's, I think he won the most aerial duels as well last year out of any defender, which is something we desperately needed uh, defending corners and set pieces. Um, and he's just calm on the ball. Like he's just an all-round, really, really <coughs> solid, good center back. I am worried, Ali, coming from our resident injured guy. Uh, he is coming <laughs> off, and he is coming off an injury right now. Um, so, how do you feel about that? <laughs> well, he probably has a. A really good doctor compared to me, so I think he'll be fine. <laughs> in all seriousness, though, it, it, it is a bit of a scare, you know, bidding for someone who is coming off a pretty serious injury. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely true. We've we've had a lot of injury prone center backs in the past, like Daniel Hager and and Sacco. He's pretty injury prone, to be honest. Um, so that is a pretty big scare. And, and if we're going to spend seventy million or seventy five million, break the transfer record twice on Navigata and Van Dyke. That definitely is a scare, but um, I think he would be, like I mentioned, I would pick him as my 70 million signing if I had to choose one, and he would be the biggest difference in our team. He'd be, he'd be the one that make us uh, title contenders. Yeah, I mean, really, just if you look at us and how many goals we conceded this year and how big of a help he would be, um, it would be immense. Mark, is it weird? We, just we, we, we would still suck at set pieces and uh, corner defending. I, I'm convinced of it. I, right? <laughs> you, you, we've been uh, just, you know, it's been ingrained in our minds. But, you know, seriously, he's he is, I think, leading in aerial duels for defenders. And he would, I mean, just having him back there would help so much. But Mark is a neutral. Is it just weird how many players from Southampton that Liverpool are linked with in a bot? Is it just really weird to see that we're taking what? It's Klein, Lovren, um, it, now linked to VVD, Lalana. Don't Lambert. forget the tricky Lambert. Lambert. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's funny to me coming, uh, being a uh, Bayern fan and always hearing how we're destroying the, the league and uh, tapping all of uh, Dortmund's players and. Uh, and you see all the memes around the internet, and it's funny because other teams do it. I mean, it's it's a food chain. Um, it's it's how it goes. I, I mean, so I don't think it's as weird as some of the others think. Yeah, I mean, especially when we're getting players like Mane too. Like, I don't care. Just keep going back there. You know, I'll go get VVD. Exactly. Just, I mean, you know, if if you are getting talent at the end of the day, does it matter? Right. I mean, to them it yeah. does, which kind of sucks, but I'll, I'll keep – at least they have a, another team they can root for now. But, um, <laughs> hey, Mark, hey Joey, hey, Joey, real quick question for Mark. Yeah. Um, if we don't get VVD, um, I'm always curious because we've talked a lot on this show about Jonathan Tao. And since you're our resident Bundesliga uh, expert, um, I'm curious your take on what – Jonathan Tao, he didn't seem like he had a great season last season compared to the season prior, but I'm curious your your perspective on Jonathan. Uh, definitely talented. Um, he, You're right, he didn't have a good season at all. Um, I mean, but Leverkusen in a whole underperformed. 
and yeah, and didn't have it. They're in the midst of blowing up the team and starting over again. Um, Ta, the same thing. Ta's coming um, back from a uh, missing a lot of time. Um, so he, the thing is, he's still very young and he's still uh, open to mental laps. But I mean, the, definitely the talent's there. And for being a good guy, he's pretty pretty nimble and compatible. So I mean, I like him as a prospect. The thing is, getting him. The, my opinion about uh, Van Dyke being uh, your top prospect is the reason why is he's proven in the league. He's an elite center defender already proven in the league. Uh, the transition is going to be pretty good. Uh, Ta will, will probably have some growing pains uh, transitioning to a new league, new style, new pace, uh, new team. So the thing is you you might not be happy with him the first couple of seasons because there would be a transition. He's a work in progress still. Yeah, yeah, he is still really young and, and a lot to work on. Um, yeah, Painter, that's fair because we, we have talked about Tall a lot. And, you know, He's Isaac your boy. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he, again, even like I know it's who scored, but he still had like – and I, I was looking it up recently just to see how he did. He, I mean, like, he, he didn't have that terrible of a season. Just like Mark was saying, Leverkusen, were, they were just, as a, as a whole, they were just a mess. Like, to, yeah, it wasn't one of his better seasons, but it, it wasn't like he had a really poor season or anything like that. So just like Mark says, yeah, he's young and he, and he, and he can have a mental lapse. But I still think he, he has the potential to be, you know, a star. The, um, so. the kid is built like a bull. He's so yeah. good in the air, too. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a big guy. Um, yeah, I mean, he's not an elite defender in the Bundesliga yet, but he's showing all signs that he could be there. So um, right. that, would, that would just be the thing is you would be paying less money for him. But, I mean, he's not the finished product at all. But, I mean, he's a young center back. That's Most young center backs aren't going to be finished products at that point. So, I mean, it's fine. It's just fans would have to know that. Yeah, so, Hallett, going from a player that we're hoping to get in in Van Dyke to one that is already over the line in Solanke, obviously not a high-profile signing, but, listen, the, the guy, was he chose to move away from Chelsea. They gave him a contract. They wanted to keep him. Uh, he is, is a young English striker who just got player of the, what was it, U21 tournament or U20 tournament. Um, And, you know, he's, there's really nothing bad, I guess, to say about the move. I don't know what the, was the final, I don't know, the original fee was reported to be like a a little over 3 million, but then there was some other quoted figure of like 8 or something. So I don't know what the final fee is going to be yet, but he's on really low wages. I think something like 20 or 30 a week. So uh, how do you feel about the Solanke signing? Yeah. Uh, I wonder if it's going to be the dark horse of the transfer season. And for all the conversation that we've had about attacking options going in without Nabami Yang and, you know, the funny bid or <laughs> discussion around the bid for Mbappe, you need it. You need more attack, I think, because can you really rely on storage to fulfill a full season, even in the second role, third role? And Bobby, you know, you can't run him out like you did last year. So you got to have depth in the attack and center forward. And I don't know if Solanke is going to be the option, but it could be pretty interesting. It depends how he shows up for camp that starts literally next week, to Painter's point. So be something to watch. Uh, He's obviously shown himself well in the U-20 tournament, England's first championship of any significance in, what was it, 18 years? (laughs) Like, just a ridiculous amount of time. Bringing joy to... England, uh, it all depends how he does in training. I'm looking forward to it. 
yeah, just like you said, it, it could be a dark alley. It really could be a, a dark horse signing. I mean, we're not. I think a lot of it is we're not really expecting much out of him right now, anyway. So any positives is is just like it's just like all right, that's a bonus. Solanka lads. Solanka lads. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. And, and there's <laughs> Ali, and then there's Ali um, on Solanke. Uh Painter, what do you got on him, man? <laughs> well, I've got a little bit more than than Ali. I mean, he was he was the player of the tournament in the uh, in the under twenty uh, World Cup. So uh, this summer, he played magnificently. Uh, he was he was bright, uh, powerful, pacey. Um, I did catch a couple of the games. Um, that he played in, and I was very impressed uh, for a young age. I don't think he's going to come in and really do a whole lot in our first team, to be candid. <clears throat> um, I think he's he'll spend most of the season in the under-23s, I would, I would venture to say, but it's certainly an excellent buy from you know getting him for, even if it's under $10 million in this market, you know, a top striker, uh, potential young talent uh, for under $10 million, uh, is is good business all the way around. I thought, I thought it was a a shrewd move on Liverpool's part to get the deal done early. And then after that, he went on to become the player of the tournament in the, in the under 20 uh, world cup. So again, I think it was, I think it was all like, I think it was a great move all the way around. I'm excited to see what he can do. Um, But I think this is one that you, we got to kind of give it time and let it play out a little bit before we get too excited. Um, Again, he is only 20 uh, and he hasn't had any first team football. So I think it's exciting to see the potential, but we're going to have to wait probably a season, if not two seasons before we see any impact on the first team. Yeah, absolutely. Mark, I mean, the fact that Solanke chose Liverpool over Chelsea and really, I don't think he was guaranteed much more playing time to be honest with you. Uh, does that show still a little bit of the pull of Klopp? And I mean, I know you're obviously familiar with him at Dortmund and the transfers that he made. I mean, looking at it, at it from the outside, you know, going in, I mean, he the draw that he has, you know, for like we talked about Van Dyke agreeing to to play for us over, you know, Chelsea and City. Brendan Rodgers didn't have that pull. We haven't had many managers over the years that have had that pull. Um, you know, so just in general, how big of a part? is Klopp in playing um, a role in these transfers? He brings so much charisma. Like, it's just, it's fun to, I mean, I hated watching him on the sidelines as a Bayern Munich fan, but like, like trying to push myself away from that and being a neutral, the guy just has so much charisma and like knows what he's doing. He's young. He connects with the younger players. He's not from that older school. Like, so I think, I think he excites a lot of people, and you see that with who you're being connected with and who wants to join the team. I mean, that's you, you always talk about, or we were talking about leverage and transfers. That's part of it. Part of being something uh, on a something that's new. This is that's a newer team. There's a new environment. You can see them on the rise. Why not get in on the bottom of this and try to establish yourself? I think I think he I think he does have a major pull. I'm just trying to think of what Klopp would have said with a lunch with VBD and Blackpool, just about how great of a technician he is versus what Klopp was saying. Klopp was probably just, they're having a pint, just having a great time. Um, (laughs) Just just like you said, like he's definitely going to, you know, he's definitely a reason why they want to play. And not just that, like, 
you know, also, like you said, he's good with the young players. He's a really good player development coach. I mean, he he makes you feel like you're a part of the team no matter what role you play. And so maybe Solanke was think you know, that was part of his pitch to him, you know. Um, and, and I'm sure that's part of the reason why Solanke wanted to join. So, um, Sure. If you're, if you're 19 and you've seen what Klopp has done with some young, uh, unknown players, um, that has to give you ex- a lot of excitement, especially coming from Chelsea where you have a lot of older, established, um, higher-wage players. There's probably not much room to get in. So, I mean, you would have to think you would be excited about the opportunity just because you would have to think that there's more room to kind of have your chance. If you show it on the practice field, you're going to get an opportunity. Yeah, not just that. I think a lot of people are underestimating the fact that FSG gave Klopp that huge extension. So when a young a young player especially is coming in, they know Klopp is going to be here. He has a contract for, I think, another six years. So they know that it's going to be the same style, that uh, things are going to be run the same way, that they can you know, get accustomed to the routines, whatever it is, you know, players are coming in, not just because of who Klopp is, but because he's slated to be here for, for a while longer. So I think that's, that plays a huge part of it. And, and not, not a lot of people, I think, give the credit to Klopp for getting that deal across the line. Um, Hey, Joey, uh, if I can, uh, just to support your point here, I mean, think about Salah. He was our first signing at the position. How many of those have we had over the last, say, 10 years? Um, you know, Julian Brandt was the, was the big name at winger, uh, certainly during, during the campaign in January. But to get Salah, to land Salah, to be able to negotiate the fee that we did, I mean, I, I think a lot of that has to do with Klopp and the momentum he's showing and obviously being able to play our ways in, into Champions League. So before we get out of the the transfer target segment real quick, Ali, I mean, we're looking at a left back and Andy Robertson. I mean, if Liverpool are going to win league titles, they need a, a Scottish man in the in the team, right? That's so true. I, I mean, if we're going to win the league, we need, we need someone that's not Milner at left back. Jeffrey. Ooh, what do you have to say about that, Jeffrey? Fighting words? Yeah, I mean, what, what did I say originally in the whole Milner controversy last year, right? It was... You do with what you have in the side. You didn't get another left back in January. Didn't get one, obviously, in the summer prior to. So you go with the guy that's you know hoisted a trophy or two in his day. And yes, he was imperfect as f. But ha- what happened in the end? We achieved top four, and he was on the pitch. And he wasn't a detractor. Yes, his crosses were terrible, but. You gotta land a Robertson, I, I, Joey. I think we're gonna get here. Maybe I'm shifting us there early, but you need a legitimate left back. I think you know we got to be able to cross with some accuracy, and we need a player that can shut up shop when we need to. And I think Robertson is a hell of a candidate that way. I totally wish it worked out with Moreno. I still I love I'm that so guy. I'm so bummed. I don't even want to. It's like I, I was thinking about <laughs> wanting to talk about it, but I just I don't want to get into it because I'm gonna just start crying. <laughs> Too so. sad. Um, <laughs> but painter, I, I, I painter, disagree. yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, is, is he the player you backs. want, though, painter? Is is, is he? No, he's is not. He the left back? He's I was not. just about to ask you that. Yeah, I mean, like, no, is, he's not. I mean, could he? Can he make? Can can he do a job and 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 be good, um, or or at least a six out of ten? Sure, but so can Milner. So, and to be fair to your point, so can Albi Moreno. I mean, he does. In my opinion, Robertson doesn't materially change our options at left back. 
um, other than the fact that uh, he's a bit younger. Um, he might have a bit more pace uh, to, than Milner does, but he doesn't materially change the game for us at left back. And then, to, to be honest, I don't think you need a, a worldy left back to win the league, though, Ali, to your comment earlier. Um, you just need somebody that's good enough. Um, you know, Ali Sissoko almost won us the league, if you if you recall, back in 13-14 playing <laughs> left back. <laughs> I think Suarez almost won us the league. Yeah, but I mean, he wasn't he wasn't he wasn't stopping anybody. Uh, he wasn't on the world stage stopping uh, Messi or uh, uh, Cristiano coming down that wing. So. Um, I'd like Robertson as a player. I don't think he's our answer at left back. And I don't know why you go spend 20, 25 million on him if he wasn't the long-term solution that you were looking for. But again, uh, Klopp's the one who's making the call on that. If Klopp likes him at, you know, at left back. And again, maybe we're just looking for somebody to, to shut it down and not be nearly or not be attacking, uh, so to speak, because we candidly don't necessarily need a ton of, extra attackers up there with the likes of uh, Salah and Mane and, and Bobby and Studge and Coutinho, so on and so forth. So we're going to get goals, and maybe we just want somebody who's just going to be stout defensively and just shut it down on the yeah. left for us. You know what's weird? We've been linked to a weird variety of left backs, from Ryan Sessegnon to Robertson to Mendy. It's chill well. It's just weird. I don't. I don't understand what we're doing. What our game plan is. Hector. The, Sess- just- yeah, it's like- the Sessegnon one was interesting because I figured that, that one. He he scores goals. He's fast. He's he's young. It fit everything we wanted. Obviously, he didn't want to leave London. There's still uh, potential though to, to to get that one though because he stayed at Fulham for another three yeah. years. So like at least he didn't go. There rumors were is that he was agreeing with Spurs, and I was a little upset with that. Like oh you know. Liverpool shouldn't be losing out to Spurs. I get that he wants, you know, to stay close to his family, but I'm glad that he re-signed with Fulham. He's going to be getting minutes and maybe improve. Still. I think, yeah, I think, I think it's a good move for him in his career because I think next summer somebody else is, you know, hopefully we'll be back in for him or or somebody else will be back for him, and and arguably he needs playing time at 16, 17 years old. So, um, but I think he could be one of the best left backs long term, just given how he's performed. Uh, so it'd be exciting to see him get another season of Fulham and then make a move, hopefully to Liverpool. But again, I, to your point, Ali, I don't, I don't get what we're doing at left back. And I, and I know he likes Milner and I don't have a problem with Milner, but he isn't playing 60 games and you could really see at the end of last season, Milner's legs fell off. So we definitely need a rotation on that left-hand side. And I still baffles me why Moreno didn't get more of a run last season. Yeah. And painter, if you know, just, even if he's fully fresh and ready to go, I don't want him starting in a Champions League game for us. I'm sorry, I just don't. Not left back. I'm not, not really anywhere, but not especially not at left back. I mean, it's just, it's, <laughs> you know, seriously. Like, listen, it, he's he's not a terrible player. He he's done a job for us last season. But I mean, it's it's tough because we're going after these players in the transfer market right now, and we're gonna have to be spending a lot of money, and it just doesn't leave that much more money for. A quality, quality left back right now, especially when City are, are you know, they're they might be paying forty plus for Mendy right now. So, um, That's insane yeah, it's it's crazy, back. you know. So, um, it's I I don't I don't hate Milner. He do, he does a job. I can see him being a good backup next year. But really, like if it's Robertson, so be it. And Klopp, hopefully, he molds him and takes him and and makes him hopefully starting caliber. But. I think we need to bring somebody in to be able to be able to start in, in a Champions League game for us next year. So, um, 
guys, w- w- having said that, let's let's move on before we get out of here and talk about some of the players that could be leaving, uh, whether it's being sold off or uh, being loaned out. So, that, that I can think of, but let, let's just start with you guys. Um, Ali, who, give me some players that you think will be or should be sold off. Unfortunately, Markovic should be gone. It just didn't work out with him. We could I probably get around, I would say at least 12, 15, 12 to 15 for him, yeah. Yeah, uh, maybe just swap him for Robertson, I don't know. Um, Moreno, unfortunately. <laughs> that would work, yeah, that, that would work, yeah. Moreno, Sokka. We could probably get 15 for Moreno as well. Yeah, exactly. Maybe they're, hold, they're holding out for 15. They, yeah. They got a, they got an $11 million bid, I think, from... Roma won him, I think. Roma, Roma, Roma yeah, something like well, that. Yeah. Sacco, that's one that hurts. You hear that uh, recently they came out and said that uh, nobody's kind of, at least right now, matching the $30 million price that we put on him. And they can't afford his wages. Southampton can't. Yeah, um, that's right. So I bet he goes back to France somewhere. Um, who else is leaving? Um, well, Wisdom we just left to of- Derby, I think, for, for – actually, I think we got a good chunk of change for him, surprisingly. Wisdom was a funny one. I always thought he would be decent. I know, I thought he was going to be like a really good right-back center-back for us way back in the day. Oh, man, brutal. How times have changed. What about Lucas Leva, Ali? You're, you're a doppelganger. Not doppelganger, well, he can't, but you're a lot He can't player. leave now, can he? I, I need him. Yeah. I need, need him to him. make it through yeah. the season. But what is it, Pachitas, um, no, I think we're in for him, right? He's, I bet he goes back to Gremio, where he came from. Uh-huh. Um, staying, staying, what's it called, in uh, Brazil with his family. I don't know. But it's, it's going to be weird because I know Coutinho and uh, Firmino love the guy, <laughs> hang out with him all the time. Yeah, so. yeah they were partying at uh, Firmino's wedding over a, a few weeks yeah. ago. Oh Firmino God, like Snapchat his Snapchats. whole wedding, just ridiculous, dude. Like, go enjoy your wedding. Stop. It didn't, it didn't even look like it was his wedding. I thought he was just like a guest taking know, like right? snap. <laughs> <laughs> what a guy! What a um, guy yeah, we have, we have a lot of people leaving, and then all the youngsters will go alone because we're probably going to be signing some some players that are going to take their spots. So. A lot of ins, a lot of outs. I don't, yeah, so don't know where to start. Painter, Painter, and Jeff, name some players that. Because listen, if if we're we're gonna be getting a couple of players in, and uh, having just got Salah and Solanke, name any players that you'd like to see go out on loan. I mean, we we just told Huddersfield that we're taking Danny Ward back, and there's no way we're gonna be keeping three goalies. I think for this squad, especially when he knows that Danny Ward could be getting valuable minutes there. So that means either one of the other two keepers is going to be sold or on loan. So, I mean, there are some interesting loan moves that could um, play out this you know, offseason. Obviously, names such as Woodburn, uh, Harry Wilson, Ojo, Brannigan, Allen, you know, even Divock Origi. I mean, there's Joe Gomez reportedly to Brighton. I mean, there's plenty of names. Is there anyone that you any you guys like to see go on loan? Yeah, I mean, for me, and I'll jump in, um, and I'm sure Jeff has, a, has an opinion on it as well, but for me, Gomez needs minutes, um, so you got to get him out on loan. Um, and there's a couple big uh, Premier League sides that are informed. The, the only issue I would say with Gomez is you got to make sure that he gets minutes wherever he goes because loaning him out to not get any minutes doesn't make any sense. Um, I think Connor Randall is going to go, uh, and if not sold, he's definitely a loan out. And <clears throat> Kevin Stewart, who we haven't mentioned, with Kaita coming in or or another central midfielder, Stewart's time at the club is up. Um, they were asking for ten million. I don't think we'll get ten million. I think we'll get somewhere in the neighborhood of six to eight. Um, and then one I would like to see get 
some playing time, uh, if not at Liverpool. But Marco Grujic, um, he needs minutes at 20. Uh, I think he'll be 21 next month. It's a good uh, shout. Yeah, he needs to he needs to get out and get some minutes, if not Premier League minutes. So I could definitely see him going out on loan, uh, maybe to uh, one of the newly promoted sides uh, in their central midfield. Um, and I and to your point on the goalkeepers, I I, I think Danny Ward's going to go on loan again. I think Klopp wants him back for the preseason uh, to see what he has after his great. Uh, championship debut season last year uh i think one of those goalies will end up going out on uh loan uh i think milner or not milner minule is going to start but i think it's carious or or danny ward um but i i would assume ward is going to end up going out uh if i had to guess because uh because he's going to need minutes and there just isn't going to be that many minutes uh between those three we're linked with like sergio rico from sevilla too (laughs) it's an interesting goalkeeper situation which happening i'm curious to see how that plays out within like the next three to four weeks good god really jeff jeff is there (laughs) jeff is there anyone else that you would uh like to see loaned out or uh, (laughs) apparently uh, apparently jeff's not too hyped on the goalkeeper situation well jesus i mean it's like every rumor mill it's silly season it's just the could be asking for a bigger contract for sure but there there are reputable sources saying that you know we are interested in him so um, it's much respect to don't count spanish media as reputable source like especially right now uh, yeah, bring Danny Ward back. Like, uh, I don't know where you place the Rico rumor, but the only thing I would add to what Painter suggested is the, so Ojo with the injury last year, I'd like to see him get meaningful minutes. And I don't know if that's with the U23s or if that ends up being loaned out to maybe second division side or I don't know if he could find Premier League minutes anywhere, right? But uh, he needs to get more time. And I don't think that's going to happen with the first team, at least for, maybe loan him out for half the season. And uh, on the striker end, I think you're going to see either Solanke or Origi loaned out, one of the two. And it depends if we're able to attract any more signings. What are you doing with things? I, I think he's, if he can break in, it's all about how he performs in camp. It's all about how those legs hold up. Two surgeries on two different knees. I, I don't know if he can, if he has the durability to last in the Premier League. I hope he does. I think every... Liverpool fan that loves the guy that he is, hope he does, but you just don't know. It's two knees, and how does that affect his pace, and can he perform at a high level? I mean, we're going to find out in camp next week, starting next week. Um, And who do I want to see sold, uh, to Painter's point about Stewart, uh, that makes obvious sense, Sacco's out, and this is my controversial pick, I want to see Henderson sold out. (laughs) Like, he's got... Durability. Okay, I know. I know. King, yeah, you're listening. Good. I'm glad to have you back, Allie. Uh, Henderson is Kenny's favorite, but come on, uh, he doesn't have the durability for the for the Premier League. And I think sell now while you've got value in the guy, and maybe you pick up or maybe you give Gruchik all the remaining minutes that he would have taken this year with the expanded set of fixtures. So. God forbid, goes out, hurt himself for half the season like he's been doing the last couple seasons, or worse, God forbid, then you've got no value. So I I know this is a hot take, but that's that's my feeling on it. It's interesting. It's uh, he, He's been a maligned player for sure, and it's not really his fault because of, of his injury, so it's kind of sucked. But um, you guys brought up some good players for sure that I thought should be loaned or sold. Um, I'm 
I'm still not fully sold on Origi yet, so I think Origi needs the, to be the one who is loaned out to a Premier League club. Um, I think if Ward doesn't go back to Huddersfield, I think Origi would be perfect for them. Um, Brighton, could, who's just got promoted, could use a, a striker. Um, there's plenty of teams that, that could use him, and, and he would be starting for them. Even West Ham could... could send would, everyone you know. to Huddersfield. Well, I think you can only send one player, right, to uh, per team um, when, you, when you loan them out. Um, you know what I would do? I would just pick all the Dross teams that we play against, give them some decent players, yeah, and they can't right. use them against us. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but seriously, I would. I mean, I would. I would have a Regi go out on loan and have Ings take kind of a Regi slot. And given that, we're hoping that, obviously, hoping again. We all know Surridge's injury history. That when Surridge is fit, he's, he's still that that second striker after Firmino, and then you have. Either Solanke or Ings is the third and fourth, and then Origi's on loan because Ings just needs to get back up to speed again, and Solanke has time. I, I need to see what Origi is with a full full season under his belt. Um, I think Harry Wilson should go to Celtic. I think he'd be great under Rodgers for a year and gets his time um, to, to get some minutes. I think Woodburn should probably go out. Um, and if Joe Gomez does go to Brighton, then that would, I think, be the only circumstance where I would want Lucas to stay because... I wouldn't mind Lucas being the fourth choice center back between like him and Clavon. Obviously, I'd rather have it be Gomez. But if you're telling me that Gomez is going to get a full season for a Premier League team, I'd probably rather choose that to get him experience and see how he's recovering from his injury and playing Lucas as maybe that fourth center back. Um, and yeah, I mean, there, there's a bunch of others though. Like Ajaria could go out on. I mean, we have a lot of young talent, so um, Brannigan might go out on loan again. It's it's going to be. I'm curious to see what what this team's going to be looking like next year. So, Joey, what would you do with Ken? Uh, I think he needs to be sold. Unfortunately, um, he's one of those players. I mean, like a lot of talent um, on the wing, got good pace. I mean, it's just I think he's what a little bit older than some of the other youngsters. I, I still don't think he's old, but isn't he like 21, 22 um, around there? Uh, yeah, I think he's twenty. I, I think he's twenty-one. But, I think, but I mean, I mean he, but he's scoring goals left and right. Right. Um, I mean, he's yeah, he's a great player. Is. I just, it's like, how many can we have really? Especially when we're trying to improve our squad depth. I mean, if you look at last year, and you're looking at players coming off the bench, we had Trent, we had Wilson, we had Woodburn, and like Ajari on the bench at one time. It's like, yes, you you would love to have youngsters come in, but I mean, you don't want to look at your bench and see that. And if we're trying to improve the squad depth, where are those kids going to get minutes yeah we might have you know a, a couple of, a couple more tournaments hopefully throughout the year but i i just i want to see these guys get experience and minutes somewhere else um but you know we'll see what happens so before we get out of here guys um let's just say we get we already have Solanke. let's just and Salah. let's just say after those two we get van dyke in the door keita in the door and robertson in the door let's say we get those three other targets so before we get out of here what would your guys' starting lineup for liverpool be next season if we got those targets um which i would definitely deem a successful season painter Jeez. um well i think the back the back line picks itself uh it, you know, the back five anyways with Minule and then you'd have VVD and, and Matip with Klein and Milner. I don't see Klopp loves Milner. So it, he's just going to start um, at least the, the beginning of the season until Robertson settles in. <clears throat> but I think those five are bang on. Um, 
you know, dead on starters. Uh, the midfield is where it gets tricky because it really depends on what kind of formation they play. If they play a diamond with two up top, uh, like we did uh, last couple games of the season, I think you'll see Chan sitting in with <clears throat> Kaita and maybe Genie on either side with Coutinho sitting as, uh, as the number 10 with Firmino and potentially Mane or Firmino and uh, Studge. But if we play like we did on the 4-3-3, I think you drop Coutinho back into the midfield and uh, and it's Kaita and Jean with a front line of Mane, Salah, and Bobby. I, I think it's <clears throat> I think it's simple um, from there. But I do think there's going to be a lot of options with that midfield uh, with Lalana, Genie, and Hendo. I mean, that's a really strong second three uh, in midfield and gives us a lot of options, especially when the games come thick and fast through the month of December and uh, the January. So, uh, But I think Kaita starts, I think VVD starts, and I think if we're going 4-3-3, uh, it's the, the, the three players up top that I mentioned and then uh, Jan and Coutinho. Yeah, that's, that's such a strong lineup. Jeff, any disagreements or is that what you got? Lavren. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> Fuck you. It's like that shit, like that shit was fed to me on cue cards. Um, so yeah, the, the back line in Painter was 100% right on this one, uh, picks itself. So Lavren, gone, uh, with Matip and on the left back, I think it remains to be seen what business we do. Like, I think Liverpool have done an exceptional job at being tight-lipped in terms of who we're pursuing and the progress. The media is interjected with, of course, Van Dyke and a lot of the rumors surrounding that transfer. But in terms of second and third options, people that we're looking at or new players that we haven't yet considered, or I don't think Liverpool have told as much as they have in the past. And I think that's credit to the club. So we might get a left-back starter that none of us are really considering right now, and I think that would be a welcome change over Milner. In the midfield, to Painter's point, yeah, you'll have so many weapons. You'll have actual depth, which Liverpool have been starving for. AFCON, with all the other breakdowns that we've seen in, you know, say, Jan Feb this past year, love to see Lalana get some depth because you know he's going to struggle with injury, the amount of running he does up and down the pitch, uh, to have... Keita? <laughs> I'm just like, now, now I'm brainwashed that it needs to be Keita, but it's Keita. Okay, good. Keita, Keita, potato, potato, whatever. One Let's of those two. <laughs> I'm not African. i just Jeff from Southern Cal. So, <laughs> yeah, you've got him to slot in next to Jean, and Jeannie was all world last year. Look for him to even progress, I think. Who knows? Maybe score a goal or two on the road. And then you've got all the attack options in front with Salah, with Coutinho, with, with hopefully Kaita filling in. And it's going to be a wonderful year, I think. Yeah, it's got a lot of options. Ali, is there anyone else that, that you would uh, plug in there? Or do you agree with the other boys? Um, I would actually start Robertson over Milner. So Karius, Klein, Mata, VVD, Robertson, Kaita, Chan, Coutinho, and then the front three of Salah, Mane, and you know who? Firmino. Electric. Electric. Mark, yep. are there any our players? New number, our new our new number nine. Yeah, yeah. There you go. I don't I don't mind that change. I like it. Uh, I'm glad that it wasn't Salah getting in. That it's at least a striker or someone who plays in that role. Mark, are there any players? You know, let's just say besides Kedix. I know you've seen a lot of them. 
I know you, you've watched a lot of Emery play. Are you ex- is he one of the players that you're excited for Liverpool next year to kind of grow into maybe more of that number six role? Are there any other players from watching Liverpool last season that you're excited to see how they do this season, whether it's Coutinho needing to perform at that consistent high level to become one of um, the league's best, or if it's any other you know younger player or something, maybe someone taking a step up? I've been uh, big on Khan since he was coming up through uh, the Bayern Munich um, Academy. I mean, the, the guy can fill in multiple positions. So I, I would love to see him finally establish himself. Um, yeah, would you say that's in- part of like um, some of the – I mean like because he's so versatile, I, I think it's hurt him a little bit because we've played him at center back, left back, right back center attacking mid, center mid, you know, like all these roles are, you know, do you think it's just a matter of him needing to play a bunch of games in, you know, that number six position, that deep lying position to really get the best out of him? Yeah, um, I think, I mean, I don't think it's hurt him. I mean, um, being able to play multiple positions, especially when you're that young, gets you onto the field. So, I mean, that's always, that's what, that's your goal. That's what you want to do is getting first team minutes. And so I think that's helped him. Um, he's, he's been there long enough. He's just, he's established himself. If he can stay fit, I think this is the year you kind of see him like maybe nail a spot. I mean, uh, the other thing is you would like to see with all the rumors flying around with Coutinho, you would like to see him actually, um, him to take the next step and be like that elite creative midfielder too for, not just for periods of time, but for like the whole season and really establish himself. I mean, um, competing on all fronts uh, in so many ter- uh, league and tournaments, uh, options is always good. And uh, Klopp is, is designing and has designed this roster to be very fluid in changing uh, formations. And uh, depending on fit and form, you guys have options. Options is always good. Yeah, and, and just like you said, you know, getting Salah in and Mane up top and Firmino, I mean, they can all interchange throughout the game. They're all able to play all three of those positions. So it's going to be I, exciting I really like ahead. the Salah transfer just because I feel like Liverpool last year lacked a consistent, uh, other than Mane, like a consistent scoring threat. And yeah. I think Salah like, gives you that. I'm watching, for me, watching Bayern Munich, uh, Ribery and Robin, uh, like tearing up the wings. I think you may have that where you have, uh, some, some terrifying wing play, which is really exciting to, uh, to see. So, I mean, uh, I think the squad's going to be, uh, entertaining to watch. Yeah. And, and just like you said, having great wing players is, is really exciting. And we all know what, Mane brought to the team when he first came and, and how we had been lacking that for so long and, and now we've got two of them in the team hopefully so really excited for this upcoming season um, gents really appreciate getting on full team today thanks for Jimmy um, for coming out on his lunch break uh, to join us today as well um, you can find Jimmy on Twitter at Jimmy Torrejon R underscore FP hopefully we'll get some more stoppage time coming your way as well on this upcoming season uh, Painter where can we find you on Twitter man yeah, it's just Brian underscore Painter. I'll be out there. Rock and Hallett, ha- <laughs> <Rock> on. <laughs> what about you, man? Just like the house painter. Always got to have that. Uh, Jeff underscore Hallett, two L's, two T's. Allie? Allie G underscore FP, I think. And Mark? Yeah, Mark Isham 5. Mark doesn't Isham. know either. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me at jvishney by any chance any chicago sports fans out there do a chicago sports cast you can find it at the windy city way 
gentlemen, it's uh, it's been a little bit since we've been on and talked. Glad we were able to put some of our Slack conversations to uh, to the mic and get it down. Going to be getting on again for sure. Um, obviously, with everyone coming back to, to training camp, there I think the transfers for a lot of different teams are going to be really stepping up big this week. So I'm sure we'll get on soon again and discuss um, some updates. Hopefully, we'll have some. So as always, gents, appreciate it and talk on. Talk on. Talk on, talk on.